Every woman needs a tribe. The first member of the tribe for a little girl is her mom. Hi, my name is Inkechi Aguenu, and I started the What I Wish podcast to highlight the special relationship between a mom and her daughter. I invite other mothers to talk about their experiences as a girl mom and sometimes boy mom and the lessons learned from their relationships with their own mothers and how that has translated into their relationships with their children. My guest and I also talk about other parts of us like other relationships in our lives, being single, career development, and self-growth. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy the conversations. Thanks again for joining us um, on another episode of What I Wish My Mother Taught Me. Dana has graciously agreed to join us again because during our last conversation, she um, she talked about her profession and she just lit up as she talked about eye care. And she mentioned that a lot of diseases can be prevented just by simply paying attention to your eyes um, and getting your eyes checked on a regular basis, which I admitted to her that it's not a priority for me. So I figured I would invite her back so that she can talk to us us about the importance of um, eye care and the importance of taking care of our children's eyes from an early age. Dana, could you introduce yourself again? Yes. So my name is Dana. Um, I am an eye doctor in the Pacific Northwest. I have been practicing for six years at this point. And the reason why I decided to become an eye doctor was um, because of my own personal experience with the eyes. And so um, I want to share a story uh, about where my passion with eyes and pediatric eye exams kind of stemmed from. So when I was young um, in kindergarten, I remember I had my first eye screening with the nurse. And so all of us kids, we'd line up in the, the gym and we would wait our turn to read the letters off the eye chart. And I decided, I don't know why as a kindergartner, but I was like, you know, I'm going to practice this first. I'm going to check to see if I can, I can do this test. And so I did, I covered up an eye. Great. I could see fine. And I covered up my other eye and I was like, uh Oh, like I can't see out of an eye. And as a kindergartner, I was like, okay, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, I got to figure out a way to pass the test. So (laughs) I decided I was going to memorize the line, the bottom line, because I knew that was the line that we were supposed to get right. Again, as a kindergartner, I don't know how I came up with that thought. I should have told the teacher, you know, I can't see. I don't know why I thought. But that was brilliant. That was brilliant. (laughs) So I did. I memorized the line. I passed the test. No problem move on to about fifth grade. Um, And then in between there, I've had, you know, wellness checks with the pediatrician and everything was fine. Um, But fifth grade came along and the nurse got smart this year, that year. And we would wait outside of the nurse's office and each person would go in individually. They would do their hearing test and they would do their eye screening. I guess they're probably, probably hearing screening and eye screening. And so I couldn't memorize the line. I completely forgot. I couldn't see out of an eye. It was just, I didn't even remember that that had happened. So I went in there, did it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, can't see. Um, And so that was the first time I went to the eye doctor. I was 12 years old. 
Oh, wow. And um, the eye doctor was like, I don't know how you've been functioning as well as you've been functioning for, for so long. He's like, I don't know how you were playing baseball. Like, I don't wow. know how you've been catching the softball. So what happened was my brain was ignoring one of my eyes because it was, there was too much effort to see. And how our brain and eyes work, and as people in general, we we tend to be a little bit lazy and we try to figure out how to do something with, with less energy. And yes. so our eyes do the same thing. And so it said, my brain says, too much effort to use one eye. We're going to grow all of our neurons to the other one and strengthen that eye. And so from that point on, I was like, you know what? Like, I need to, parents need to know that vision screenings are not the same as being seen by an eye doctor because vision screenings miss so many things. I was actually looking at a stat um, the other day and I want to read it because I thought it was really interesting. Um, Let me pull it up here. It says vision screenings provide less than 4% of the information generated during a comprehensive eye exam and misses up to 75% of children with vision problems. Less than what? It misses up to 75% of children and vision problems. So knowing that information, I'm actually quite shocked that um, the uh, medical field in general is okay with vision screenings. Yeah, that's surprising to me. Yeah, it's it's shocking. Um, And to have, have, I think parents in general have this sense of security when a medical professional says, your children's, your child's fine. Yeah, because I'm thinking about it. When I go, when I take my kids for their annual checkups, the doctor will always ask, have they seen the dentist every six months? Mm -hmm. And I'll say, yes, Mm -hmm. they have. And then, and we have an amazing doctor. We love her, have always loved her. But then she, she does her eye check, eye screenings in her office. And she says, everything's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do take that as the word like the bible yes everything's perfect you know because and they're they're i've never had a doctor ask have you been to an eye doctor before right and i think that's the problem yeah (laughs) yeah i agree so what what do you as um you're an optometrist right I am. Mm-hmm. Okay. As an optometrist, what do you, what can you diagnose or what can you see differently that a regular physician would not be able to determine? Honestly, everything. Hmm. They are not set up. They don't have the tools. They don't have the training. I hate to say this, but they really don't. I have friends who are um, medical doctors and they're like, they tell me, Two things they hate. Well, not all doctors, but two things that they don't enjoy. One, ER, and two, eyes. If anyone comes with eye problems, they're like, I don't, I don't know. They throw out, they have, they don't know. They just don't know too much. And they don't have the tools to fully assess the eyes. So it's interesting, like yesterday, actually, 
um, I had a pediatric patient come in. He's two. And he went to the ER the other day and he, he was closing his eyes and he's in pain. And mom tells the doctor, ER doctor, hey, there's something wrong with my child. He won't open his eyes. He's not eating. He's crying all the time. He's in pain. And the doctor told the mom, he is fine. I don't see anything wrong. And they show up in our office and we see the patient and that is not true. A two-year-old is not going to pretend that he's in pain, eyes clenched, right. not eating, not drinking. That's not, that's not what a two-year-old does. They, they don't malinger like that, you know, right. it's not. Mm-mm. So anyway, my 10 year old would, but not a two year old, not a two year old. Exactly. Yeah. And so it breaks my heart that the doctor, the, uh, I should say ER doctor wasn't like, Hey, I don't see anything wrong, but let's, let's have you go see an eye doctor to double check. That would right. have been the a- appropriate response in that situation. Right. And we see this over and over again. Wow. It's hmm. not a one-off. So what, you're a mom of two. So um, what would you say to a parent? So from birth, what should we be paying attention to in terms of our children's eye care? How should we take better care of our children's eyes? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think the it's hard when they're that little, but I think the first thing that a parent can do to um, pay attention to one's eyes is just go see see a pediatric eye doctor. The we do vision exams on six month olds, and that's what oh, I wow. love doing. That that's my favorite. You bring me your babies. I will play some fun games with them and Aww. we'll kind of, we'll, we'll see where they're at and get a good baseline and see if their eyes are where we expect age wise or, and okay. developmentally that way we can make a game plan. You know, if we need to eat, need to intervene right now, let's do it. If we can wait and just monitor, let's do that. Um, but that's a, that's a big key. People okay. ask me all the time, can I bring my two-year-old in? And I'm like, absolutely. Bring your six-month-old in. Bring them in right. when they're little. They're actually easier to to assess when they're six-month-old rather than when they're 18 months old. Right. So how does um, bad vision care affect a child's development? You know what? It affects their development um, in a lot of ways. Um, for like school age kids, for instance, the big thing, and even littles, um, when a child can't see, they are going to be labeled as, especially at a young age, they're going to be labeled as not smart. They're going to be labeled as dumb. They're going to be misdiagnosed with ADHD. Yes. And I think at a young age, if you're always taught or someone's always telling you, you need more help. Um, you're not good enough. It, it, yep. it really changes how you think of yourself growing up. And there's studies on that too. You can even pull them up and uncorrected vision issues will absolutely bring down your self-esteem, especially in yes. children. And there's studies that prove that. Um, sports performance is another one. And I think that also goes into, you know, feeling 
being part of a team and feeling that you're contributing to something is important yeah. in childhood development. Yep. Um, and if you can't see, if you can't catch the ball or depth perceptions off, yeah, you know, that's going to hamper how you feel about yourself later in life. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so my, my daughter, um, <clears throat> struggles with math. Well, she used to struggle with math. So we, um, we got her a tutor. We did everything we could think of to help support her in improving in her math grades. Every time she had a math test, she would get really bad anxiety, like mm-hmm. terrible anxiety. She'd be at the nurse and just the worst thing. I would get a call at the office. She's calling. She's hunched over. And for a while, I wasn't aware that it was anxiety, but then I, I started to monitor it. So every mm-hmm. time she had a test, I realized the, <laughs> her stomach would hurt. Yeah. So um, I her dad used to do homework with her. So I stopped him from helping her with homework and got a tutor to see if that would help, um, help improve her anxiety. And Mm -hmm. it did a bit, but she was still just unsure of herself. So I met with the, my husband and I met with the math teacher and we spoke to her and she said, get rid of the tutor, get rid of any additional help. Because the the message you're sending to her is she's not good enough. Mm-hmm. You're not sending the message of you're doing your best and we are okay with. If this is the best that you can do, we are okay with it. Mm-hmm. But you are affecting her self-worth and the value in the work that she is doing. Because the mm-hmm. message you're giving to her is that she's not good enough. And I'm saying all of this to say, like, we... Just to piggyback on what you said about, you know, a child's developmental um, stages and how it impacts your self-worth. Just that alone, as we decided her anxiety, we needed to fix it. She needed help with math and we labeled it something that really wasn't all we needed to do was just accept her at this level. So I did get rid of the, I stopped the tutoring and just, it, she just does math with me now. And there's mm-hmm. been no anxiety. There's been no stress. And it's so weird that yeah. she really did feel like she wasn't good enough. And the tutor was very helpful, but I did not realize that I was still sending the message of, whatever your efforts are, are not good enough. So I'm giving you additional help. But Mm -hmm. once we stopped it, she's been doing fine, you know, by her, well, with help from me, but there's been no anxiety. There's been no issue. So I think that um, parents should pay more attention to the messages that are being sent out. I do agree that I think a lot of kids are diagnosed with ADHD that may not have ADHD. I think Mm -hmm. there might be some underlying health concern or issue that can be resolved without the labeling. Right. So how do you, you as a mom of two boys, what do you do for your kids in terms of their health care 
specifically the eyes? Oh, so the first thing that the first thing that I did was um, when they were each about seven months old, I did their first eye exam. Hmm. And well, because I'm an eye doctor, there's some current concerns that I have with one of my kids. Yeah. And I'm like, I know what to look for. Um, so I'm just monitoring that on, on my own here. But um, the first thing I did was, okay, we're going to get their eyes checked by me. And we're not going to do right. the screening at the, at the pediatrician's office. And I tell them every time I go, the, the pediatrician, I go, yep, I already checked their eyes. They're, they're good. We'll, we'll keep following up with them. With right. him. Um, but there's things that you can see. So like with infants in particular and development, our eyes are actually the most complex um, eye movements in general, the most complex to learn as a child or an infant. Wow. So we have our gross motor skills and then our fine motor mm-hmm. skills. And then we have our extra, extra fine motor skills, which is moving your eyes together and working them together as a team. So, you know, you ha- in terms of development, kids have to learn how to grab things and be able to cross right. over. And, and that, you know, that's something to look for as a parent too. you know, look for these developmental stages okay. because if, you know, they're not meeting some of those milestones, it doesn't mean the eyes are the problem, but um, you know, if we're only using one side of our body or if Right. If you're like for one of my kids, I would, I was worried that their eyes were just a little bit, I'm going to call it lazy. I, I hate using that term, but just a little lazy. And so I would put food on the, the eye that I knew was seeing uh, opposite the eye I knew was seeing better so that he would be forced okay. to like grab oh. the food and just kind of tune in. I want you to just, to, at the at eight, I want you to tune into that side of the body. Right. Let's just make sure we keep it active. Um, so that was the first thing that I did. Now, the second thing that I do, which is really hard in our day and age is limiting screen time. Yeah. Um, I know, you know, we know the, the standard, I think for kids under two is like an hour a day. I think wow. if I can't remember what the, they just came out a couple years ago with the guidelines, but I think if you're less than a year they recommend no screen time and over that until age maybe five or two is like one year anyway we 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 do that we limit screen time Mm -hmm. um and if we do do screen time we we are on our phones it's not on a tablet it's we're watching it on the tv because that's usually it's 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 better visually and also when you watch it on a tv with your family you all can be involved it can be a family a family, yeah. a family affair, and it's more interactive versus just being in your own world. So there's definitely other aspects to watching TV together. I don't think right. TV's bad or screen time is bad. Not because I'm a working parent. I understand sometimes you got to turn that TV on to get stuff done. Yes, and that's okay. What so like now my kids, not my my son seven, his class not so much, but my fifth grader they the school assigned everyone a laptop most of their work is done on the laptop is that something that can affect well it it would affect her eyes if she's staring at it all day yeah there's is that a concern 
you know, when I hear that, I'm and this it's same in our school district where I live. Kids are like kindergartners yeah. and they have their tablets. And it's not it's not the best, especially from a behavioral or developmental aspect or standpoint. Yeah. It's not I mean, even not even from a visual standpoint, it's it's not yeah. the best for kiddos. I remember right. I was working at a vision therapy clinic. I don't know if you're familiar familiar with what vision therapy is, but no. um, so vision therapy is basically they teach you how to use your eyes together, you know, as a team, help with the focusing uh, muscle. Mm. They can they'll help with peripheral awareness or side vision awareness. Um, it's really really cool, but there's these higher levels of vision that even I don't treat because I, we're not set up for it in my clinic. Um, mm-hmm. But these other specialized optometrists, they are able to, to help with that. For instance, children who have a hard time reading that not might not be because they can't see it clearly. It might be because their eyes are, not looking at the word that they're seeing or they can't track. Right. And um, they can help with that. They can basically like, it's like physical therapy for the eye muscles. I've never heard of vision therapy. Yeah. It's, it's really awesome. And it helps kids who um, helps kids who maybe, I mean, there's a a ton of things that it helps kids, but one that I think is mind blowing is a lot of parents will say like, yeah, I think my kid has dyslexia. And I'm like, have they seen a vision therapist? You know, are are we sure Mm -hmm. it's not the eyes mixing up? It like the eyes, if they don't know where to look in the sentence, everything's going to be backwards. Right. Or is it actually a language processing disorder? Hmm. You know? Right. And so I always, whenever we're concerned about that with a, a, a child, I always suggest, hey, go see vision therapy. Just make sure that's not the eyes because we can, we can train the eyes to know where to look, you know? Um, right. Well, but, here's a question I have. What diseases um, or illnesses can be prevented Okay. Um, through better eye care? Okay. So I think this is more about not necessarily pediatrics, more okay. about like overall. Yep. Um, so some big things that we can see in the back of the eye is diabetes. Oh, wow. Blood vessels are throughout the whole body. And actually the only place where you can see blood vessels without cutting into the body is through the eye. Oh, wow. And so we can see signs of diabetes affecting the inside of the eyes. We can see high blood pressure. Really? Uh, uh, Well, we take the blood pressure and we can see bleeding in the back of the eyes that is more indicative of that. And so we've referred patients all the time say, hey, you need to you need to go to urgent care (laughs) because this is a problem. You know, or you need to wow. see a primary care doctor. Um, I, you can sometimes, in some cases, we can see tumors, not see them, but we can okay. see the effects of tumors. Right. Okay. And so we, I've diagnosed a few of those and it's interesting just 
because they come in, they're like, ay, ay, ay. They weren't expecting having like me order MRIs and things like that. And so that's, yeah. they're like, oh, I just need a new pair of glasses, you know? I'm so fascinated. Um, sleep apnea is a big one. And we can see, we, we don't diagnose these things. We just say, this is what we're seeing. This is what we think. Yeah. Go see this doctor. Go see that doctor. Um, but sleep mm-hmm. apnea is a big one. Um, we can see, we can not see, but we can, there's effects of systemic conditions like um, ankylosing spondylitis. Uh, What's that? Arth- yeah, that is a condition where it's like a, a condition where the back is, it's a inflammatory condition, autoimmune, okay. where the, the back is like tight and you mm. were sore. I don't know all the ins and outs of the condition ex- right. specifically um, since I don't diagnose that, but I'll, I'll run blood tests and say, here's what I'm seeing. I'm going to refer you to rheumatology and they're going to figure out what is actually, what does condition, what disease do you have that is right. causing the, these inflammatory or genetic markers to be high and, and things right. like things like that. Um, but yeah, we refer to rheumatology and there's tons of rheumatological conditions that can affect the inside of the eyes. Because if you have inflammation in your body, why not have it in your eyes? Of course it can be there too. Uh, Another bit, another big one is MS. So a lot of times MS, multiple sclerosis is Mm -hmm. seen in the eyes first. Wow. And so we've, that's another big one. There's so many. I, I, I could keep going. (laughs) if you could give us three tips what would they be from a your professional standpoint three tips Mm -hmm. um one of course I'm always going to advocate for go see your eye doctor even though you can see clearly because I it's not really about it is about seeing clear but it's not all about seeing clearly um just the health the health benefits that we can see is, is helpful. And when we can get someone help that they didn't know they had sleep apnea, which is dangerous in the long term. Yeah. You know, and there's all these other ones too, but when we can help people get better and they, when they didn't know they have something, I, that's, that's really cool. Um, let's see, what's some other tips? I think Another tip, goodness, trying to think if I should narrow it down to pediatrics or just in general. Um, do both. Okay. So for pediatrics, I don't know. It's so hard to tip because I'm just like, go see your eye doctor. And then we can, we can. And I think that's that's actually a great tip. Like for me, just listening to you today, the idea that um, the diseases that can actually potentially be seen or the effects of it can be seen just through a routine eye checkup, that's enough to say, just go see your eye doctor. I 
So I think if that's the one thing that anyone takes away from is just go see an eye doctor. Like the, the fact that most of the time an MS diagnosis can be seen in your eyes first, if that alone is interesting to me. I had no idea that you could see diabetes and high blood pressure mm-hmm. um, or the effects of it just through um, eye, eye exam. So no three tips. We have one tip. Go see your eye doctor. Yeah, I know. It actually does. It actually does seem to have the, in my opinion, it seems to be a first step in, well, the most crucial step to take in healthcare because you can see everything through the eyes. And I did not know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. Our eye is an extension yeah. of our body. So all connected. Is there anything else that you would want to share with us? Um, there's another another thing I would mind sharing. This is something that I okay. specialize in, um, and it's fairly fairly new. Um, and that's called myopia control or myopia management. And I think this is something important to know if you have children and they're going for their eye eye exam and they're diagnosed with being nearsighted. Um, I think parents should know that there are things that we can do to slow down our eyes from getting worse over time. Hmm. And not all eye doctors practice this, um, which is really sad um, because if we can slow down eye growth and eye change over the long long term, we can decrease the incidence of diseases Mm. such as glaucoma in those individuals, such as um, myopic macular degeneration, cataracts, early cataracts, retinal holes, retinal tears, retinal detachments. So that's something parents should keep in mind. You know, you go see an eye doctor. Oops, can you sorry. also slow it down? Can you use that to slow down growth in adults? Or is this more for pediatric patients? This is more for pediatrics, mainly because okay. there are the only eyes that are typically growing. Okay. So when we're from birth until about age 16, our eyes are growing just like our bodies are growing, highest growth. And then at age 16, about 50% of kids' eyes stop growing and the other 50%, they they continue to grow until they're probably in their mid-20s. And I think that has to do with genetics. I think that has to do with um, going to college and being on a screen more often. And I think the statistics are going to start to change because we've introduced tablets and computers now yeah in the in the in the grade school so I it'll be really interesting to see the ramifications visually um of that choice agreed agreed um okay I don't have any more questions do you have any questions for me um no I hope you've learned a few new things and can appreciate eye care a little bit more and honestly the the big thing that I I've wanted you know in my profession is to to share that to share that it is important 
to explain why why it's important with parents yeah. because yeah you know my parents didn't know about it my parents feel guilty that they didn't know about it and I tell them all the time don't worry that's that's not that's not your fault absolutely not your fault yeah and I didn't know I, up until we spoke a week ago I had no idea so I will tell you I've made appointments for everyone I wear glasses I did no really here's the thing one thing I know to be true in life is when you know better and when you have information use the information and the knowledge that you've acquired so um yes I did so um they they will be going to get their eyes checked by an actual optometrist I go because I have I wear glasses and I refuse to wear contacts. So I, I go okay. regularly to get my eyes checked. But the Good. kids never. Yeah. So I have yeah. made an appointment. That's awesome. Yeah. I hope it goes So you should well. be proud of me. I am so proud if of you. nothing else you took from this, at least I listened to you. <laughs> no, I'm, hey, one parent You're... at a time. <laughs> I love exactly. it. Exactly. Your information, yes, immediately, like, the next Monday, I made an appointment. So that alone, and that was why I texted you that on Monday, and I said, we have to do something. We have to have another episode that actually talks about the importance of eye care, um, pediatric eye care. Because as a mom, like, in my mind, the doctor will ask, have you, do they go to the dentist? Yes, they do every six months. So I know to do that, but the doctor does the screening the school does a screening so I'm thinking everything's fine yeah and I'm sure everything will be fine I'm sure it yeah will I'm be, sure but... it will be fine but it's good to to take care of it the right way yeah exactly yeah I agree yeah do you have any questions for me um no I don't think so I've just enjoyed my time being on the podcast and spending time with you so thank you so much yeah yeah I just want to thank you again for I mean you you went to school this is your profession this is your livelihood and you agreed to take the time to come share your knowledge and information with the audience and that speaks volumes to who you are so I appreciate you. you I appreciate the wealth of information and knowledge and all of the big terms that I'm going to have to go Google. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> make sense of. I should have written it out for you so you know how to spell them. <laughs> so I appreciate all of it. I, and I, I know this is going to be really helpful. And um, I look forward to more collaboration with you because I just yeah. love your spirit. Yeah. Thank you. Yours too. It's been it's been a joy. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for listening to another episode of What I Wish My Mother Taught Me. I learned so much from each guest, and I hope that you've gained some impactful information today. Please review and subscribe to the podcast. Remember that you matter and all that you do impacts someone. Until next week, have a great week.